1: Listen, guys, I got something special just for my listeners. If you follow me, you know I usually don't hawk products. I stick to the issues important to you and me, but I think I can't keep this to myself. You may want to check this out and get in on the ground floor before everyone else jumps on the bandwagon. Now, this is just for you, my listeners. I joined up with Team Earth Water. Earth Order is a company that is faith- and patriotic earth water is an amazing water it will soon be the rage of the nation and is going worldwide it has over 70 antioxidants and minerals it's good trust me i already sleep there i dropped one of my prescriptions and i'm possibly looking to maybe drop another one soon so ask yourself do you want to make a few extra bucks on the side while getting healthier who doesn't so if so check out the Earth Water link on my homepage at Southern Sense. That's the name of the show. Put a dash in the middle, southern-sense.com. All right, and we're here live here on Blog Talk Radio, SHR Media, The Lone Star, Daily News, up on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, YouTube, Facebook, everywhere else in the world. Oh, and I want to welcome everyone to the show. See people starting to push into the chat room. And we're having a little bit of a technical difficulty uh, with the live stream. So if you're listening, or watching on live stream, we are having some problems up there. And it figures, of course, I have no co-host today, and that's what it's going to do to me. <laughs> so, who whoever figures that. Anyway, uh, we've got a lot to talk about, a lot to do here on the show. We've got two great guests, Julio Rivera from Reactionary Times will join us in the first half. And up on the second half, uh, we're going to have Brother Ed Malone. He is a filmmaker out of Texas, a really fascinating guy. Uh, so we're going to have two great guests with us. Um, so I'm still trying to figure out what the heck is going on with my player, and now I've got absolutely no stream. Oh, this is great. Absolutely wonderful. So if you are trying to watch uh, Houston, we have a problem here. <laughs> All right. Uh, what Let you know that also we've got some great guests lined up later on this month. Uh, We've got Congressman Ted Yoho will be joining us. Chele Farley is running for uh, Christian Gillibrand's seat in Congress out of New York. So we're going to have some great guests coming up later on this month. That said, as I try to figure out how the heck to fix this thing, everyone knows we start off each and every show with a dedication to a fallen hero. And today's dedication is going to go out to the police officer, Scotty Hamilton, of the Pikeville Police Department from Kentucky. His end of watch was Tuesday, March 13th of 2018. And this is from the North Kentucky Tribune, written by Mark Maynard. An eastern Kentucky town is reeling after one of its police officers was murdered in the line of duty. Scotty Hamilton was killed Tuesday on March 13th after responding to a call with Kentucky State Police in the Hurricane Creek community in Pikeville around 11.30 p.m. according to the city. He had been a member of the police department for a dozen years. KSP said Hamilton and Trooper Matt Martin were patrolling the area when they saw a suspicious vehicle. The officers spoke with people in the vehicle and then separated as they searched around a nearby residence for someone on foot. After hearing at least three gunshots, Martin found Hamilton near the residence with a fatal gunshot wound to the head, police said. The shooter escaped and has since been arrested. Kentucky State Police arrested a person of interest in the shooting death of Hamilton, John Russell Hall was taken into custody on Thursday in the Betsy Lane area. He lived in the Hurricane Creek area of Pikeville. Hamilton was pronounced dead at the scene. He survived by a wife and one infant child. John Russell Hall was arrested as a person of interest. Police arrested four people at the scene on charges unrelated to the shooting, and that police are searching for the alleged shooter. Hamilton had worked several investigations with the KSP. The area had been known for high drug trafficking activity. The city of Pikeville went into an immediate state of mourning for Officer Hamilton. And this is from WSAZ. Thursday evening was the 61st annual Southeast Kentucky Chamber of Commerce Awards Banquet. One name that stood out on the list of award winners was that of fallen Pikeville Police Officer Scotty Hamilton. He was selected as the winner of the Citizen of the Year Award. It walks five months since Scotty Hamilton was killed in the line of duty. Even though this is an amazing honor, his wife says, it is hard to think about any of this. This would make his day, said Chelsea Hamilton. I was excited for him, but right now, it's just been really hard. Along with hundreds of people at the event honoring Scotty's ultimate sacrifice, Scotty's wife says the sport continues to help her every day. I've had different organizations from all around the United States reach out to me, sending me letters or sending something for Brinley in the mail, said Chelsea Hamilton. It's been really nice to know that people think about me, even on the hard days. Scotty's second family, those with the Pikeville Police Department, say they carry on his legacy legacy by adopting their favorite parts of his personality. His biggest characteristic that everyone knew about Scotty was his smile, said Chris Emmons, chief of the Pikeville Police Department. Heard it so many times, even before the tragedy happened, we heard it so many times. I just hope that I can continue his smile like he did to everyone else, that charmed everyone like he did. Moments like these are what Scotty's family says will keep his memory alive. This is something that I can tell Brian Lee down the road, said Chelsea. We are greatly appreciated, and that's how I can keep her father, you know, a good image for her, to let her know how respected and how much of a hero her dad was. The Legend Award will be presented to Scotty's family for his sacrifice later this month at the Pike County Bowl. His wife says the Scotty Hamilton Walk event will be held in Pike, Pikeville on September 8th. She said the medals presented at the event will be replicas of his badge. Today's show is dedicated to Police Officer Scotty Hamilton. It is also dedicated to all the brave men and women who serve as first responders, be they law enforcement, firefighters, or emergency services. It's also dedicated to all the brave men and women out there that serve in our military from the birth of this nation through today and into its future. We dedicate to all of them this song by Todd Allen Herndon. My Name is America. May God bless each and every one.
2: I stand for my respect for humanity, now I'm challenged by tyrants who envy
1: America, and you can find that at ToddAllenShow.com. You're here listening to Southern Sense here on Blog Talk Radio, SHR Media, The Lone Star, Daily News, all the heck with it. Just go to the name of the show, put a dash in the middle, Southern-Sense.com. Of course, I'm your radio chick, Annie, and I'm flying solo today because Curtis was having some, a minor surgery today, and everyone else abandoned me. So I'm all by myself. (laughs) Anyway, our guest should be calling in in a few minutes. We've got Julio Rivera of Reactionary Times uh, joining us. There's so much to talk about with him. But I came across this just coming uh, on the show. uh, And this was up on Breitbart and um, written by our friend Warner Todd Houston. And (laughs) this one cracked me up. You know, they always think they can get away with it, and then they put their face out there in public and think they're not going to get caught. A Philadelphia mom who spent 25,000 not 2,500, 25,000 dollars on a black panther-themed party was accused of fraud. Well, guess what? This African-themed prom party, replete with camels has been accused of taking tens of thousands in disability payments. She's getting Social Security disability, and yet she can afford to give her son a $25,000 African-themed prom party. Oh, man. Uh, It also had uh, a Black Panther, camels, and costume characters from Marvel's superhero film Black Panther. And uh, she got the notoriety because city officials began looking into her finances and they're now charging her with defrauding the city of tens of thousands in disability payments. And this is according to ABC uh, six news. Um, the U S attorney for Philadelphia has charged schuler That's her name. Sodia schuler with wire fraud, theft of government funds and social security frauds. Um, they're saying upwards to at least $36,000 in disability payments. Um, she said when she was saying about her quality of life that she couldn't cook, rarely cooked any meals, and that her cousin cooked for her. In reality, she was running a food takeout place called Country Cooking. <laughs> she can't cook, but she's running a restaurant, and she's cooking fast food meals in the restaurant. So she's saying, I can't work, but she's running a restaurant. And they think they never are going to get caught. Oh, my goodness. Uh, that is just absolutely hysterical. Uh, but check it out. It's up on Breitbart. So, oh, man. And here's something else. Uh, Harvey Weinstein, the gift that just keeps on giving. Um, it turns out that a lawsuit against him has been given permission to go forward. A British actor, a very pretty young lady by the name of Cadian Noble, uh, sued Weinstein in U.S. District Court. In November, charging that he brought her to a hotel room in France and sexually assaulted her there. And under the federal uh, sex trafficking laws, it seems that the suit can go forward because if he received something of monetary value, you know, they're going to let it go through. He's going to be charged with sex trafficking. And it looks like we got our guest in on the phone. And we'll welcome aboard to the show Julio Rivera of Reactionary Times. Good afternoon, Julio. How are you today? Besides being nuts after you talked to me this after, this morning.
3: <laughs> yeah, crazy Fridays. You know, they're always they're always freaky on Friday. But very happy to be here with you. Uh, very excited to talk.
1: Uh, it's my pleasure. I got to let you know I'm I'm flying solo. I was supposed to have two other people that were supposed to step in and and co-host with me today. So I'm all by myself. <laughs> And of course, I, I normally video podcast at the same time, but for some reason, my video podcasting camera program crashed in, right in the middle, starting the broadcast. So I'm going to get the video up later on tonight, but figures, whenever I'm flying solo, everything goes wrong, mm. <laughs> but we'll wade we'll through it. Yeah, <laughs> We'll wade well. through it. Listen, um, we had the primaries this past Tuesday. And uh, in Minnesota, this one congressional candidate, a woman from Somalia, won the Democratic nomination to take Keith Ellison's seat, to run for Keith Ellison's seat. Ilhan Omar, have you heard of her before?
3: No, I haven't. Um, But it is a matter of, I guess, some concern. I don't know much about her. Whenever somebody else comes in that's new, that we, as a political newcomer, we have to kind of, you know, I guess, temper the enthusiasm. I'm sure that they were very excited to to vote her in. But that's a controversial seat anyway, because, I mean, if you look at Keith Ellison and you look at his racist, quite frankly, history that he has against Democrats themselves, I mean, he was him and Simone Sanders were talking about how, you know, the the DNC didn't need another white chair. I think he was uh, trying to go for that position himself. Now, obviously, he doesn't really have a lot of really good political prospects based on his recent, you know, um, domestic abuse um, allegations that are going on against him right now. But, yeah, it was weird, this, this primary, and I think some, in some places you get some, based on what the population is, some extreme cases. Like, you know, obviously in New York it was very easy for Ocasio-Cortez to gain notoriety and, and wind up winning a primary against somebody that, you know, very entrenched Democrat. And then, you know, you got something new here going on. I know that they've been populating uh, Minnesota with these Somali refugees for a long time. It's something that, you know, is underreported in the media, but it's been going on for a long period of time. And most of them are very Democrat by default because they come here and immediately they needed to get on entitlements. I remember I did a show on Newsmax with uh, Dennis Michael Lynch on this a couple of years ago, and they, the numbers were, were stark, like how many of them come and they have some sort of a preexisting disease that they bring with them from Somalia that now we have to treat so medically uh, immediately. We have a large liability as far as what we have to pay, cover them in health care. And because of the fact that they're uh, indigent, they're basically getting you know, subsidized through programs like Medicare. So it's, it's very – you know, it's, it, I could see kind of how she won because of the way that the demographic has changed there.
1: Well, what's strange about this, you know, she is a Somalian. She is Muslim. Uh, She came here uh, to the United States, so she is a a citizen now. Uh, But Robert Spencer had this up on Jihad Watch. And this is something that someone has actually been investigating in the last two years, believe it or not, and this is the first I heard about it, that she married her brother. Meanwhile, she was married to someone else at the same time. And then she filed divorce papers in 2016 in court in uh, uh, Minnesota. And it came forward where she said, well, she hadn't seen her husband, who is actually her brother, since 2011. And yet photos popped up all over the social network and her Instagram account showing them together right after her daughter was born in 2013. Uh, shows up where she was doing some sort of a rally in London with her brother husband. Uh, you know, if, if, if this happened in a Muslim nation, she would have been, you know, charged with bigamy, uh, uh, what's the other one, um, infidelity, you know, so and so forth. She would be out being stoned. But she's getting away with it, and she's running for a federal office. Can you believe this?
3: No, I think it's ridiculous. But it tells you that the, the, the left, the, identity, the power of identity politics amongst, you know, the left. You know that they're willing to just vote somebody in based on their, her, you know, the fact that she's a Somali Muslim, and that they're they're voting. I'm sure there's a lot of other minorities that feel that they they they're because they're Democrats, they also feel the need to have to vote for her, and it's the the, the whole you know politically correct culture that's eventually going to really hurt us badly. I think it's already happened in Europe. I mean, I think you've got a guy who's like kind of a a jihad sympathizer in the mayor of London. Um, You know, you don't want to start bringing those elements here to the United States, and it's not because we're being, you know, uh, Islamophobic or anything like that, but I mean, if you look at any, um, in any country where the manifestation of fundamentalist Islam generally results in acts of jihad, you know, and there's a lot of it that happens, you know, in in the United States, we've seen kind of a little bit of an uptick um, with some of the attacks And some of the other things that we've discovered, like this training cell that was Islamic, um, you know, it was recently that they they let those uh, people, you know what I'm talking about, that story where they let the the man out uh, without bail. In New Mexico, that's where it was, I'm sorry. But you see it in that, you know what I mean? But that's political correctness killing us. Because how are you going to let somebody like that out and put them on house arrest? Like they can't coordinate whatever they're already kind of coordinating from their home. That's where you arrested them. You're putting them back in their playpen. Um, you know, with basically walking without with a I I forgot they gave him a bond, but he didn't have to post it. They didn't have to literally put money. I forget what the legal the legalese term is for that. But, you know, it's very dangerous times that we're living in because of that. And I think, unfortunately, we're taking cues from Europe where we should be taking cues from President Trump.
1: That's very true. The New Mexico compound is very strange. And I had caught someone up on Fox News the other day. And when they were discussing the compound, and he said, these compounds have been erected since the 1980s, and he said they're in every state. I know here in South Carolina, it's up in the Greenville-Spartanburg area. I know in New York, it's in the upstate area, actually not too far from Tuxedo, New York, where there's a huge Hasidic Jewish population. You know, how ironic you've got the Muslim setting camp up right next to a Hasidic Jew compound. Um, but they're in every state, and that is extremely frightening. You know, what is what is going on with Homeland Security that they've allowed this to occur? And now it was um, NBC News had a video up. They just posted, I think it was either this morning or last night, that that New Mexico compound has already been demolished. They they pulled out the uh, trailer they were living in. The police have – uh, oh, good Lord, my brain fart just kicked in. They confiscated it they they took possession of it, but yet the rest of the area they're burying the tunnels, they've closed up the tunnels, they've removed stuff, but they left the ammunition sitting on the ground uh, it is It is really weird. What are they trying to hide from us that they don't want us to know these places exist?
3: yeah, I think so. I think that the the longer it's up there to be you know filmed from the outside, the longer you know as much media has already been recorded of it is all that exists so if if they destroy it it can't be really recorded again um maybe that's par- probably part of it i, I think it's a, it's a it's in an effort to bury it i think in a sense perhaps um but i whether or not it's getting nightly coverage i'm more interested in whether or not the justice department and this is something that i remember from last year jeff sessions said that there were literally hundreds of active investigations going on amongst the uh for uh, domestic terrorism hundreds hundreds of investigations going on that were amongst the population that came here in the uh, refugee resettlement the 65,000 that we originally took in and that's what this is this is a byproduct unfortunately of, of you know bad policy that occurred under Barack Obama you know I mean this isn't something we can't necessarily pin this on Trump and say why isn't this going on that going on right now I'm, the Justice Department obviously is on it as far as investigatively and we're not having a rash of attacks but we are having a little bit of an uptick like people there was the the, the New York thing where the guy got the truck and, and plowed people and you know they, they, they're finding other ways to do it but a lot of the a lot of times those are radicalized lone wolves um, but you know obviously they're they're moving a little bit beyond that and getting a little more organized, as we can see with, you know, the compound that they have in New Mexico.
1: Yeah, it, it is really strange. Uh, we got a caller in on the line. looks like they're coming in from Skype. Let me see if I can bring them on. All right, you're on the air with uh, Southern Sense Live. I'm your hostess, Annie. To whom am I speaking?
4: Yes, my dear, this is Mike from Singapore. You know, absolutely you guys right because, you know, Singapore has the lowest terrorism uh, incidents. Uh, and the reason we have a lot of this kind of terrorism events in the United States is because we let these people come and get degrees in chemicals, or uh, you know, etc., and then they use their knowledge against us. And these people, you know, they may be very like, like that guy who was just working in a sandwich shop. You remember the guy in New York, a sandwich shop, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, he was put the pipe bombs and etc, mm-hmm. and then finally they cut him, but they let him survive. But what happened to him? I mean we, we see a lot of these cases, but we don 't know what kind of information they got. Did they got more cells uh, eradicated uh, they uprooted from our beloved u s a or i mean. What happened, really, we don't see the rest of it, and they don't even show their body. Okay, they say, okay, this person killed, but why they don't show their body? Go ahead, please.
1: That's a good, good question. You, they want, they're stealth jihadis, exactly is what we've got here. They come into our society. Look at the guy they just arrested in California. He was an ISIS butcher. He, was, he went back to Iraq committed a murder, and then came back to the United States. And this was under the Obama administration. No one vetted him, but they just finally figured out that, hey, wait a minute, this is not a good guy, and they finally have arrested him. Uh, Under Trump, I'm hoping that these investigations will go through, Julio, uh, but we have so many people from the Obama administration still within the FBI, the CIA, the Department of Homeland Security, Department of Justice, and a perfect example of an Obama holdover is that judge, in new mexico that allowed four of those five Muslims to be released giving a bond but not needing to pay the bond she was a transplant from san francisco liberal san francisco into new mexico to help change the court system in new mexico to turn up more liberal is there a solution to this do you see anything
3: well i mean trump is remaking the judiciary i mean i wrote a column about this uh, a couple of months ago for newsmax and i did a panel on, um, at Western Conservative Summit as well. Listen, we used waves and waves and waves of judicial nominations. Trump knows what he needs to do. Um, the, 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 the Senate um, needs to, you know, be on top of getting, you know, uh, all these judges confirmed. I mean, they, they need to make, move the sticks on this, on these federal court appointees. They have, you know, they eliminated the filibuster on it, so there's really no excuse for them to not just push these guys through like an assembly line. You know, they have to have hearings, they have to have questions, and they have to do what they have to do, but they need, this is what they need to allocate strategically. If you're really trying to change the that they need to fill up, you know, the seven to up to eight potential uh, vacancies in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. All these things have to change because these are the courts, these liberal courts are the ones that attack Trump at every turn.
1: That they are. And when you look at mainstream media news, they're all you know, screaming rabid that Trump is uh, treasonous, he's this, he's that. And instead of seeing the good in the economy, the good things that are being done, that how we are becoming more and more secure, and we are finding these radicals. And we thankfully, we have someone like that sheriff in New Mexico that said, I'm not waiting for the federal government. These kids are in danger. We're going in. And they were able to resolve that peacefully. And yet, then we have a judge saying, "Oh, they're not a threat to society. They're training children to uh, shoot up schools. They had illegal mm-hmm. weapons and uh, ammunition on the compound. They were starving these children, so it's massive child endangerment. One child died because of the the child endangerment. He was denied his medication. I'm sorry, that's not that's not that's accidental. That's underneath. murder.
3: Exactly, yes, buried right. underneath." No, I am saying buried tunnels, underneath yeah, and stuff. And, and you know what upsets me is, like, people will attack this New Mexico sheriff, you know, like he's doing something bad, just like they attacked Joe Arpaio for just doing, you know, police work, which is, you know, and that, that's the one thing that is where, they're, where they're trying to give more power to ju- judiciary than to law enforcement. And, you know, these, this guy's people, there's a lot of good police out there who are feeling hamstrung. By again going right back to it, this political correctness nonsense—we don't want to offend people, you know. I mean, really, I mean this—I I think it's, their actions are pretty offensive. I find them personally, you know, what exactly. they did to those poor children.
4: Exactly, indeed, and Go ahead, you I... know, uh, I, I, I Albuquerque, New Mexico, the remote compound, Amalia. New New Mexico, where five adults and 11 children were found after a raid by law enforcement earlier this month, being razed to the ground. I mean, they really destroyed everything. And God bless that sheriff, we love him, because, Mm -hmm. uh, and the reason those people were freed, because, uh, you know... They, they either they had too much money they, somehow some some organizations are behind it um, and uh, maybe they bail them out or they said okay you are free to go what the hell is that if it was me or you we would be in the jail today uh, that's injustice
1: that's the sad part yes it is yeah. it is Julio uh, it's a uh, it, it, there's just so much to talk about in that, and there's so much that's gone wrong over there and it's it's not just new mexico it's california it's every single state and Who do you think about this, even in Alaska, they have uh terrorist investigations going on and <laughs> In Alaska, (laughs) the coldest state in the nation, and we have a problem up there, too. (laughs) So it's not just one state. It's every single state. And we're not allowed to monitor the mosques. Do you remember, Julio, a number of years ago in New York? New York City Police Department was monitoring the mosques. Uh, And then there was a lawsuit against the New York City, and they stopped the monitoring. But where do the 9-11 attackers come from? Out of the mosque in Brooklyn. Where did the attackers come when they attacked the World Trade Center the first time in February of 93? And I was on duty in the 9 precinct that day They came out of the mosque in Brooklyn. I used to drive past that mosque every day going into my precinct. You know, we're not allowed. We know that they exist, but yet we're not allowed to protect ourselves. Does it make sense yeah. to you?
3: No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And we're just leaving ourselves, again, you know, that sheep mentality. We're letting wolves in. I think it's, we're not calling it out for what it is. And, again, this is a byproduct. And you, you talked about it yourself earlier as far as, you know, the fact that we haven't completely drained out the swamp. A lot of these programs, like these resettlement programs, and believe me, we're still processing Islamists into our country. Like, that hasn't stopped. Um, That's you true. Know, and, and, That's yeah, true. because the rate, the rate and frequency may have changed. We took a big lump, uh, you know, when we took 65,000 in a year, but we're still taking, I believe, There was a report that came out several months ago where it was spiking back up to like about uh, 200 to 500 people a day, which is a lot of people. I mean, that's really a lot. You're going to wind up with, you know, tens of thousands that way.
4: And they bring it at the middle of night, so nobody can see it. I think it's about thousand thousand people, uh, and uh, figures may be a little bit different. But yeah, yes, uh, exactly. Uh, we are all on the same page, and, and this is disgrace to, to the America. And former Yazidis sex slave flees to Germany after being confronted by her Islamic State captor also as a refugee. How is that possible? These people are doped? Are these people... Why they give them this kind of event?
3: Uh, well, I'll you why. i mean, they is okay. to offend people. You know, where other countries Yazid, like your country, I'm sure that they, they look at it through more sober eyes and don't necessarily care who they offend as long as they're protecting their citizenry, which is what America has to get back to, just common-sense policy in dealing with this. So, you know, it's not our responsibility to... Absorb all these refugees, you know, in Europe, we've seen what the result of it has been. Europe's on fire. You know, you got a rise in acid attacks in London. Pepper spray is selling at all time records highs because of all the sexual assaults, so the women have to protect themselves from these roving gangs of rapist Muslims. I mean, it's this is actually what's happening in some places. I'm not saying that across the board, every Muslim's a rapist or anything like that, but you have to look at it and be not afraid to identify it for what it is. And it's a culture divide because it's a very brutal, barbaric, you know, um, kind of culture. You know what I mean? That's that's really what a lot of these people, so when they took a lot of these young men, they were taking, you know, honestly, quite uh, human savages in some ways. Some of them. And, 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 I, I, did, and I
4: don't know if, if, go ahead, go ahead, and then after you, go ahead, please. Uh, go no, ahead. I was going to say,
1: People are now finally starting to speak out. They're posting videos up on YouTube and other social networks to try to get it out. But then again, you have places like maybe England that, if you do post this video, would be probably something they you may end up in jail for because you had dared yes. to do this. But they they had roving gangs uh, outside of London in this one town where they destroyed hundreds of upon hundreds of cars, just roving through there, just destroying and burning. You, you see clouds of. of fire just rising up in neighborhood to neighborhood you have this young girl that mike you were just speaking about uh she fled her muslim captors she was a sex slave she fled to europe to germany and she's standing on the corner one day and her attacker comes up one of her her, her uh, slave masters came up to her and goes i know where you live so she reports it to the german police and the german says well we can't do anything don't worry we're not going to do anything so here she is unprotected, and the person that held her and assaulted her, who, along with others, threatened her. Yeah. This is this is yeah, coming to our shores.
2: Psych-
4: yeah, these people are psychos. These people are Ted Bundy's, and and we let more Ted coming uh, to Europe and uh, Asia and U- United States and Africa, even no. Australia, all over the world. I mean, we are going to witness uh, with massive, massive, you know, uh, terrorist attacks every day, maybe uh, coming soon, because these people are not here just for ha- having vodka every night. No, they are here to do what they told to do so. And uh, we are guilty, Oh. All of us are guilty. All the, I mean, uh, the leader of Germany, uh, I forgot her name, a counselor, uh, 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 Smith, Smith uh, She is
1: no Angela she, Merkel. I mean,
4: Angela Merkel. Yeah, Angela. Yeah, Angela Merkel. Uh, yeah, she is a guilty like a hell too. Because you know, it was uh, four, five hundred years ago that Islam conquered the Europe. So again, they are coming to. Concord Europe, and not only Europe, United States of America, Canada, and Latin America, and everywhere you go, you you see masks. I mean, we have about what six thousand masks in the United States, and recently riots erupted in Sweden capital, as you mentioned earlier, just days after Trump uh, comments comments and. Uh, right now, so, uh, Sweden, Sweden, uh, Sweden basically is in a state of emergency right now because every night they go at night, they firebombs uh, the cars, and beautiful cars, by the way, they have. I mean, all are burning to the ground. I mean, everybody are fearful of their lives, fearful of uh, daily life activities because... They don't know what is going to happen. And then police in Sweden say, well, we are going to talk to their parents. Parents going to coach them, say, don't do this anymore. They, If if I do it or you do it or uh, anyone, uh, us do it, we will go to jail a lifetime. You see what I'm saying? But here yeah. in Sweden, now, oh, it's okay. We talk to your parents.
1: Well, Julio, you know, um, there's another thing to be concerned about is because Osama bin Laden's youngest son is now taking over the Taliban and rebuilding it, rebuilding Al Qaeda. Um, should we really be concerned? Because they're they're saying that he's massing forces and people are flocking to him now. So ISIS may disappear, but we see a resurgence of Al Qaeda.
3: Yeah, I mean, we always, as long as there's the Muslim Brotherhood at the top, there'll always be funding for, you know, the next insurgency of this type of radicalized, fundamental Islam. Um, And I think that's something that the world's going to continue to have to deal with. This isn't a new phenomenon. It didn't start with the World Trade Center bombing or the 9-11 attack. This has been going on for, you know, 1,300, 1,400 years or whatever um, so it's, it's one of those things that we're going to continually have to, I mean, do you, I mean, we're never going ne- to, it's never going to be a call to do something extreme, like eradicate anyone that believes in it or anything like that. So it's just an idea that will always, and you can never do that. You can never, you can never really control what people think, you know what I mean? And unfortunately, these are people who are very violent against anything that isn't what they are, you know? So the, the only way that you could do it is you could try to insulate yourself from it and, you know, be vigilant as far as if you, if you see something, say something. That's kind of been a, the big theme in New York for a long time. You know that. Um, and, you know, what, the, what, the one thing we could do is just not continually shoot ourselves in the foot by taking refugees, by p- applying politically correct policing and, you know, uh, bureauc- you know as far as the, 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 the judiciary, the way that they handle these cases – You know, we just have to be very sober and very honest with what the problems actually are and not be afraid to identify them regardless of who that may offend. You know, like I said, only only in America are people such, you know, so whiny and so sensitive that, you know, calling out radical fundamental Islam for what it is is a big deal. You know, in every other country and a lot of other countries. Actually, I can't say every other country because Europe's kind of going to crap on that. But, you know, I'm, obviously I know like in the Philippines and other countries like that, they don't play around as much with it. And they've historically been stronger against it because they know that when it manifests itself, it's a, it's a danger to their society. So, you know, I mean, that's what Islam kind of is. If it's if, it, if it's actually carried out, that's what it is.
1: That's right. Yeah, because uh, it's right. outlaws outlaws it outright. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Mike, go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. Ladies first. Go ahead, please. No.
2: <laughs>
1: say, uh, you have japan that outlaws it outright uh china that restricts religious freedom heavily so keeps islam in check uh basically uh russia has allowed it to grow even though putin said he's anti-terrorism uh he's he has allowed it to expand he uses the chetnian troops which are muslim troops when he invaded crimea uh he has threatened georgia with them um so putin you never know which side of the street he's going to be sitting on but you know japan has it right uh over in indonesia they do have radical islam but they do attempt to to moderate it um even though indonesia is the most populous uh, muslim nation around you don't hear a lot of uh, terrorism true. attacks over there uh, so you know, there are ways in which we can handle it. But uh, I'm looking at the clock. and We're down to almost about 15 minutes before our next guest comes on. Uh, being in the New Jersey area, Julio, you have to deal with Andrew Cuomo. And, oh, boy, can I tell you some stories about him? My mom sent him on his honeymoon. <laughs> so um, hmm. he came up with this crazy statement the other day where America was never great. And it will never be great again unless we have every single a citizen uh, participating. Uh, Wait a minute, if I remember statistics correctly, usually it's only about 10% of the people that actually really do vote. So I never see him ever getting 100% of people actually uh, civically uh, participating. Um, Then he goes on this huge tirade, you know, uh, about women should be able to do this, women should be able to do that. It was one of the craziest speeches I have ever heard. And I think He thought he was going to get himself a new theme for his bid for the presidency in uh, 2020. What do you make of Cuomo?
3: I think that Cuomo realizes, I think anybody with sober eyes in the Democrat Party realized that they're not nearly as popular as they used to be. I mean, it's, it's, you know, the results from Trump are, are strong. They're going to be, I mean, Cuomo's in no danger of losing. I don't think a Republican necessarily can win in New York. Um, I don't think we're at that point yet to turn something like New York or California red, but I mean, he's just, that's him being a selfish politician, realizing the writing is on the wall in a lot of ways, but he's going to maintain his stronghold on, you know, New York um, with the most hyperbolic, you know, kind of crazy rhetoric that he can come up with to to energize that radicalized coastal, you know, New York City liberal base that he has. It's the same thing that Maxine Waters does when she runs her crazy mouth, you know, over there in California and stuff like that. So, it's, I, I mean, these guys, I think these guys realize that, okay, the only strategy that, they, that, the, that the middle of the country Democrats have is to try to be more moderate, try to out-moderate the rhinos and see, like, whatever, who, who do they trust more, who do they like more sort of thing. But, you know, that doesn't do anything or, or the, what, what's going on right now with people like Cuomo and, and, and the Ocasio-Cortez and the, the real far-lefters, well, the only thing they're doing is they're hurting their colleagues, I think, in the middle of the country because they, the, if the identity of the party, and that message is put out through Tom Perez as the DNC chair, if their message is that the future of the party is Ocasio-Cortez, the democratic socialist movement, and the leadership are going to be these limousine liberals from the coast. That's not going to help, you know, Democrats in the the working class heartland.
1: Yeah. The uh, funny yes, indeed. That she's got this. Uh, I, I, yes, Kenny. Yes, Kenny. Yes, Kenny. Yes, Kenny. Yes, Kenny with these huge fundraisers, a minimum price of $500 a plate to get into her fundraiser, and here she's saying, well, I support socialism, and then she goes out and uses capitalism to raise funds. I think that was really pretty hypoc- hypocritical.
3: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Go ahead, Yes, Mike. I was going to, to say, you know,
4: in Canada what they have done, you know, Muslims got the job at P.F. Chang, stores, I mean uh, the restaurants uh, as a cook. So the managers told them at one point, you know, why not you eat the pigs that uh, you're making, it to see how, you know, it tastes. You know, based on that they sued the P.F. Changs. So it, all those employees now own the P.F. Chung in Uh, Canada, plus another incident that happened, the Muslim woman, which had a hijab, you know, uh, went for interview and refused to shake hands with the uh, recruiter, which was a male. So as a result, you know, she was denied the job and she went and sued the company. And they paid her uh, some undisclosed amounts. I mean these people here just to get opportunities and set the other people up to to say, "Oh, you see uh, we are we put hijab. I want to ask that lady she would not put the hijab and she goes right into her house. she take it off she she unzip everything up. Pretty much, and/or she is she going to sleep with the old, uh, uh, you know, uh, hijab which is so hot, uh, is black, uh, uh, called black uh, veil, you know? They're not doing that, of course, but you know, it's just only uh, a bunch of BS's. Go ahead, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Our, our uh, system against us, Julio. They they figured out how the legal system goes, and they've used it against us. You know they've done it in New York, they've done it in uh, New Jersey, and you see it all over the place. They they find out what what they can get away with, and then they push the limits of it. And then you have people that just don't want to rock the boat and say, "Well, we'll settle with you, okay? We'll change our rules, we'll change our ways." Instead of saying, "No, you're the immigrant, you're the one that came here, so you're going to have to." adjust your ways to ours that's what's missing here exactly sure. exactly no, and more. yeah i i think it's
3: definitely what needs to happen here again is, is that we this is another another um, byproduct of you know not being able to come to an agreement on comprehensive immigration reform because then a lot of these other programs get taken advantage of by these people as well things like chain migration um, you know, not having that merit based immigration system in our country hurts us in a you know multitude of ways, you know, and that's a that's another one of it. You know, because then that the those people, let's say everybody comes and at least a, a, another one person comes for every two. For every sixty five thousand, we're really absorbing closer to a hundred thousand people. You know, so that's what we, we wind up getting. You know, so what, what I
4: quick comments,
2: to... quick
4: uh, comment on uh before i forget you know in canada there was another incident this table the person from canada applied for low income housing and it waited 5 years my gosh and then after the application filled everything correct everything super looks nice then uh then the letter came said we are not going to give it to you it says what reason the reason is because you are not Muslim. We only rent it to the Muslim people here. Okay, and, because be the, the imams, and the imams and the masks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, imams no, I'm and the Go uh, Mike, Mike
3: yeah. let
1: Julia speak. Go ahead, Julia.
3: No, no, I'm just saying now they're the xenophobes. You know what I'm saying? And that's what it's, it's weird. It's, it's such a hypocrisy. You know what I'm saying? Like I, they literally want to come here. I think some of some of them and I don't want to say all of them. Again, I don't want to say all of them, but there's a, the, that culture they want to dominate. You know, that's all they that's the only way their their society, their version of a civil society is complete subservience to Islam. You know what I'm saying? So they don't want to deal with people who aren't Muslim. They anybody who isn't a Muslim is an enemy and then that's how that's one way it manifests itself in like really but really, a uh, renter, what do they call it, a uh, landlord-tenant, you know, um, You know, I, what's the word I'm looking for? Italian, you know, landlord-tenant um, uh, prejudice or whatever, you know. Yes, yes. I
1: mean, yes, in, the, in, in the United it, States, we have the housing laws. It. Yeah, we do have those housing laws because I know for a fact that you know, in the precinct I worked in in Brooklyn, we had a large Hasidic uh, community, and they tried to do that. They tried to block anyone from going into the housing project if they were not Hasidic, and local residents actually sued and forced the uh, housing to be whoever you know actually applies and it is eligible for it. You cannot do it based upon religion or race. Uh, so here in the United States, we have these laws in place which prevent it, it doesn't mean it doesn't happen you know, in some places where they can use some sort of a, a housing board to prevent people from doing certain things to make it impossible or raise the rents to a certain uh, rate that people can't afford it, that only those that are subsidized through the mosque can do it. Uh, there are different ways people can get around the laws, but it thankfully it's not as prevalent here as it is, unfortunately, in Canada and elsewhere in the world. So uh, we were talking um, about the crazy Dems. We got one in uh, New York. He's running for, believe it or not, Attorney General. You probably have heard this guy's name, Sean Patrick Maloney, uh, Julio. Um, he has these these he's running town halls. He's running all over the state, to physically running, uh, jogging to these town halls and meeting people. But at those town halls, he's cursing out Trump supporters. Telling them f is um, and they're a holes and everything else. Here's a man running for the state attorney general. He should be, you know, uh, uh, fair and balanced. And yet he's showing his actual prejudice before he even yeah. steps into office. How can he be attorney general and favor only Democrats over Republicans? I thought the rule of law stands not what party exactly. Yeah,
3: no integrity on these people on the left. And but the sad part is that he's going to resonate with a lot of people in New York based on it. You know, because they, 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 listen, the the gloves are off. This has become a really dirty fight between the media, between Democrats and Trump, no matter what happens. And the argument is never about policy. They always take it to some inane thing. You know, it's always, they, they, either want, they either hate him because of Stormy Daniels, they hate him because of the, you know, the Access Hollywood tape, they hate him because they, the perception, the false perception and narrative that he's xenophobic and racist because he just wants to enforce immigration laws. Um, they never talk about the economy or any of his economic gains. This is an all-out war. So that's, I think, basically their marketing campaign. Their marketing strategy is we're going to grab everybody who we can fool into hating Trump and try to mobilize them, energize them, almost tournaments them into like activists. Get out to the town hall to see this Forrest Gump guy running around from from uh, <laughs> town hall to town hall. And it, but it might just work in a place like New York, in a place like California, on these in these deeply blue states. I think that works. But they didn't have to do that. I think they could run moderate, even. In the, you know, in places like New York, you know, because it's out of control, it's so expensive people or it's a mass exodus out of California, New Jersey, New York, places like that, because it's gotten too expensive, especially now with the salt deduction. That's the other thing, too. That's why they're really trying to energize their base, because they're going to lose a lot of Democrats who used to, you know, didn't really mind paying the state taxes there because at least they could write off a lot of it off of their federal. Now they're capped at 10,000. So it's you know, they're they're, they're going to feel it. You know, but they could run. I think they could very easily run a moderate in those places, or run in a moderate manner. I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna primary out uh, Cuomo or anybody like that. But they didn't. You know, anybody could have won. They would have. Their, their stranglehold on New York is not going to be loosened just because they went out and got some wild-eyed socialist girl to you know run in the Bronx. That's you know you don't change your party based on you know a little meteorite that's already fizzled out as soon as she started doing interviews. As far as I'm concerned.
1: <laughs> well, uh Kel who lives in uh Canada, uh, says that th- what you were trying to think of before, uh, Julio, was the landlord and tenant act in Canada. That's what they call it up there. So thanks Kel for uh, okay, that. Yeah. Mm, thank you. Yeah, yeah. That's well, what happens sometimes. I and, forget my
3: legal You know, I don't I don't I don't always practice <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, you know, it's funny. I love doing the show because you never know where people are going to call in from. We've had people call from New Zealand, uh, Germany, uh, England. We've got listeners in Canada. Uh, now we've got Mike from uh, Singapore. You never know. We never know where we're going to. And, and they're knowledgeable. They know their stuff. You know, my my listeners are no dummies, <laughs> except for the trolls <laughs> that call in. We'll say that. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, the
5: trolls. There's always you know,
1: <laughs> oh man, you know um, New York Times, she, the old gray lady used to be, you know, impartial. It was all the news fit to print. Matter of fact, that's still their the slogan on the newspaper today. But now they have no qualms about having an absolutely racist individual on the editorial board, Sarah Jong. Her tweets, and, and you look at her tweets going years back. Uh, and then Candace Owens just took some of her tweets and reversed them. Instead of saying, well, she said white, uh, Candace Owens, who happens to be black, um, put in black or Hispanic. And she gets banned from uh, from Twitter. And yet uh, Sarah John, nothing happens to her. Her tweets are st- not taken down. She's not canned from the New York Times. She still has her job. And yet Candace Owens they confront her on the sidewalk and start to get ready to physically assault her. Is this crazy or what?
3: Yeah, it definitely, definitely is. It's, it's, you know, but this is the world, this is the world we live in. You know what I mean? I, I just, it is what it is. It's it's an unfortunate thing, um, you know, but it's, it's crazy. I, I really don't even know what to, you know, where we mean. take that. It's really bad.
1: It is, it is, and you know you you have things going on where you had uh, uh, Maxine Waters saying push it back at them go at wherever they are. So now you see if a conservative goes out like Sarah Sanders or you know Candace Owens was out with Charlie Kirk and they go into the restaurants where the people are 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 eating. You know, he yeah. used to go you, the know restaurant. The you thing didn't, thing didn't care actually. what your politics were. You were there to enjoy the food. Leave politics exactly. outside. Yeah. You know?
3: Exactly. And, and the, the business owners should know better, too. But listen, Maxine Waters, man, she's her Congress. She, she almost lost colleagues the day of that shooting when you had the whacked out, again, another whacked out leftist, the Bernie supporter, um, you know, coming out and going ahead and shooting up the congressional baseball practice, almost killed Steve Scalise. You know all you know that that could have been really bad that could have been horrific like there could have been like you know let's say he could have he could have potentially killed like whatever eight or nine people based on how many how many uh bullets he had you know if the guy was a decent shot, he would have killed people you know
1: yeah no, that is true, and it happens to be someone with a legal handgun happened to have been a police officer that took down the guy with the illegal handgun. We got time for one more caller. While uh, we well, we'll wait for our next guest to call in, Uh call from Maryland, area code 410. You're on here live with Southern Sense. I'm your hostess, Annie. Our guest is uh, Julio Revere of Reactionary Times. Who am I speaking to?
2: Hey, Annie, you got moving. How you
1: doing? I'm sorry, who's this?
2: You've got moving. How you doing?
1: All right. Do you have a question or comment? Because uh, we have our next guest in on the line.
2: Uh, yes, I have a comment. Uh comment is uh, I'm, I'm concerned that um, with all of the concentration of the news, uh, they're actually doing the American people harm versus uh, helping us out with real information that we seek when we tune into a news broadcast. What are your open thoughts on that?
1: All right. Uh, well, yeah, that is a good question because you run Reactionary Times, which you put news articles out there people should be informed on what you write.
3: Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I look at it like this. I think everybody, there's no such thing as no spin in news. I think everybody comes from an editorial perspective where they, it's if, even if you try to do who, what, when, where, why, I think there's always some sort of tonality um, when you write. It's hard not to. Um, but, you know, we, you know, as far as our editorial, on the editorial side, we are very Conservative, But if we do run a general news article, we try to not have, you know, as, as little as possible of any influence in any way, any predetermined sort of, you know, thought process on it. This is just, this is what happens on actual reporting. But that's the difference. What happens is now people watch news talk. It's very editorialized, but they take that as their news. That's, I think, where the disconnect is with a lot of people, um, you know, and that's why we, we live in such a partisan we're, we're, we're more worried about our, our principles ideologically than we are in the practical application of it as far as how bills are crafted, what the laws are, and the way that our society is set up and structured. So, and that's because you know, so much of it is editorialized.
1: Well, Julio, it has been a pleasure having you on. I'm telling people to go to your uh, website, reactionarytimes.com. I know you got a daughter that's dying to go to the beach. <laughs> so no. I want to thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. God bless, and uh, it was a great poll. Thanks a lot. Julio Rivera, check it out, reactionarytimes.com. Uh, I- Put moving on uh, hold as well as Mike, because uh, we got our next guest in on the line. So moving, if you want to join the conversation later on, let me. I want to introduce him, talk about what's going on. The same thing, Mike, if you want to join later on. But let's bring on Brother Ed. And come on, computer. Here we go. There we go. Welcome aboard, Brother Ed. How are you doing today?
5: Good afternoon, Annie. I'm doing fabulous. How about yourself?
1: I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. I wish I had my co-host with me today, but I'm flying solo. He had a surgical procedure done today, and uh, I'm all by myself. <laughs> anyway. Uh, um, well, you'll be
5: well, bear of no, works out well, uh, you know, with this procedure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's, oh, I'm finally happy uh, to be able to speak to you and uh, talk to your audience and, and uh, talk about this great football move that we're working
1: on. Well, you know, you're an interesting person because uh, I watched some of the stuff that you had up on your website, and the link to the website is on the show page, uh, texasentertainmentnetwork.com. They can go there and learn about you. Uh, And I I found it fascinating. You actually went to college as a nerd. You know, you're a computer geek. Uh, You went from doing that to building your own trucking business. And then you felt that you needed to spread your word and your message, and you decided to get into the entertainment business. In the interim, you were the founder of the Christmas Attic uh, Tea Party down in the Houston area. And very few people know who that Christmas Attic was. And, you know, I remember going to high school, reading about him, and I was fascinated, so I delved into more, learning more about him. Uh, you are a modern-day Christmas Addict. <laughs>
5: Well, uh, I appreciate uh, you uh, telling me that, Annie. But, uh, yeah, I, I guess you can say uh, I'm somewhat of a nerd. My uh, old English teacher kind of summed it up best. He said uh, on one occasion that Edward, he walks around uh, with muscle shirts on, pumped up, but this guy can really write. And I always thought that was uh, intriguing, uh, you know, to me for him. You know, to say that, because that does kind of sum up who I am. You know, I am kind of nerdy, but uh, at the same time, there is another side uh, to me uh, that is creative, uh, thought-provoking, strong-willed, determined, passionate. And uh, once I uh, set a goal and I I, I really believe in what I'm doing, uh, you know, I do all I can to get it done.
1: Now, you did a movie uh, prior that's up on your website uh, I know I'm going to get the name of it right. Uh, Joined at the heart is that? Was that the it name of the it? Life.
5: Yeah, that's correct.
1: I'm sorry. Joined that's at the correct. heart. correct. Tell that's us about life. tell us about that. And what was your intent when you made that movie? Because you had a powerful message in it.
5: Right. Um, and by the way, that movie is uh, on sale uh, on DVD uh, uh, via my website. Um, that movie is basically a docudrama about. Uh, my aim to help uh, protect traditional marriage. Uh, when President Obama was reelected, elected uh, that set off alarms that um, traditional marriage was going to be under attack uh, in this country by way of his presidency and his administration. And I decided that I needed to do something different because, as you stated earlier, I had co-founded a Tea Party and uh, worked with various various conservative uh, uh, and faith-based groups. And I really didn't get anywhere, to be honest with you. So uh, after about uh, a year or so trying to wake up the sound of you know, the alarm to these groups and and, and, and uh, religious organizations, I decided that I had to go a different route. And uh I just decided that I was going to uh film a movie that basically documented uh my life starting from uh when I started leave the trucking company and it, it just progressed through to where uh, I got involved in politics Uh, got involved with the Tea Party, and uh, started a nationwide movement of churches, uh, calling the 16 to protect traditional marriage. And uh, I think the movie had an effect on the recent U.S. Supreme Court decision uh, that ruled in favor of Jack Phillips. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but there's a character portrayal of Jack Phillips in uh, the movie, Join at the Heart. And I've mailed each uh, U.S. Supreme Court justice a copy of the DVD. And uh, I didn't get any returns on the DVDs, and, you know, as far as uh, uh, mailbacks. And so I'm hoping that they, each of those justices did take out the time to watch that DVD because it did have a powerful uh, but sincere message, you know. So uh, I think that was my way. Uh, trying to uh, 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 shed light on what's really going on in this country, uh, kind of flying under the radar, so to speak, that gets very little uh, notice and uh, publicity. The uh, 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 the uh, protection of us uh, uh, traditional marriage and the attack on the family. You
1: know. Um there's so much I want to talk to you about. I don't even know where to start, honestly. I uh, just want to mention, moving, you're still there. I still see you up in the in the studio. So if you want to come in and make a comment or a question, just feel free to press one. I'll see you uh, moving around up there, to, so to speak. Uh, but, you know, here you are. You're a black man in the South, and you would think the last thing you would be doing is being someone that's a conservative. Now, I ask this a lot of times of some of the people that are highly religious. And I say, how can you be a Christian and still remain a Democrat if they do not believe in abortion, if you do not believe in same-sex marriage? Why are you supporting a political party that does?
5: Right. And uh, I have to ask myself the same question, Annie, and I just got to a a point after dealing with uh, the the pastors of a lot of black churches, I got to a point where I just gave up and trying to figure it out, but uh I guess one way that you can look at it it goes back to when we were uh growing up uh for the most part the uh the black churches are heavily democratic they are democratic uh democratically influenced uh by politicians, activists, and so forth who i I I I guess you if if you will, camouflage themselves as uh the fighter and the and defender of the little guy. And uh as you know men of uh my people we looked at ourselves as, you know, the little guy, the beat up, you know, uh, the less fortunate and they put themselves up as our defenders. And I I guess this kind of Plays into our mindset that they are the good people, no matter what, uh, no, no, no matter where they stand on certain issues, uh, social issues, morality issues, and so forth, and so forth. From from a young age, that was instilled in us. No matter what, that as long as they're Democrats, they will always fight for the little guy, and we always look at ourselves as being the little guy. And uh, they, and 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 when they get a chance, they will bash uh, anybody who's uh, uh, non-black, who uh, you know, who's a Republican. And it's largely out of ignorance, uh, because if I had never had, had done my research and, and dug deeper into the history of the Republican Party, I would probably still be. Uh, Considered, you know, know, myself a Democrat with conservative views, of course, but voting a Democrat no matter
1: what. Yeah, it's funny because Keith Ellison just got himself in a lot of hot water. Uh, The news is not reporting it as widely as they should, you know, for assaulting his girlfriend. And obviously there's now a videotape out there. There are uh, records of text messages that go on and on for hours over, I think, a year or two. Period. Um, the son accidentally found it on Keith Ellison's, on, on his mom's computer, and he went to download something and he was shocked at what he saw. Uh, and then here he's, he posted up on social networks that he was upset that the Democrats, the Me Too crowd, are not speaking out against Keith Ellison. Ellison. No one's speaking out against him at all. No one's bringing this up. I mean, these are criminal acts he committed and they nominated him the democrat to become the state attorney general really yeah. come on right right, uh, right. and the, the, right. the kid i my heart broke when i read those postings the republicans are guilty the democrats are guilty and he goes i supported the democrats but now i don't because they're mm-hmm. not supporting the victim
2: right
1: and, and this is this is rampant
5: right 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 yeah, I'm not, I, I don't watch television, I don't watch the news, uh, the Me Too movement, I really don't get off into it, but from what I've uh, heard and heard about it, I think it's supposed to transcend all all racial, political, and economic barriers. I guess in this case, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's an exception. I don't know too much about this, about this particular person, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I guess that's how it goes.
1: Well, now you've got a new movie out that you're right now in the process of uh, of doing all the editing and everything on it. You finished, I believe you said you finished the filming of everything.
5: We have about three more weeks of filming, and then afterwards we're going to get into post production uh, in terms of <clears throat> uh, the soundtrack and uh, you know post editing and. And, and so forth. Yeah, but we're almost there.
1: Awesome, awesome. Now, making sure that your link is going up. Come on, computer. My computer is not behaving with me today. <laughs> oh man, it's up. It's up on the show page. So if people just look at the description. They can go to the link, uh, TexasEntertainmentNetwork.com, and the movie that you're working on is called Thunder Rush. Um, right. What is with that? What's What's the purpose of the name?
5: Uh, mm, I, 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 I kind of want to keep the name on the raft because at the end of the movie, uh, the title of the movie will be, we'll, we'll, will identify ourselves. It'll be like, you know, it will be self-explanatory, but, um, you know, I'm a spiritual guy and uh, I was raised, uh, you know from a young child in church you know all all through my adult life so when i when I put this uh when I started writing a script, I wanted to have some type of uh, uh spiritual uh background some type some type of spiritual meaning so nature created by god so I worked it into the into the storyline to where throughout the movie when you hear a certain sound you'll be reminded of what the movie is about and so uh but uh, i've always wanted to film a football movie i, I really hadn't been particularly satisfied with the, with the football movies that i've seen over the years and so uh not trying to get into the black theme because really that's not who i am but uh i do believe that i am the first black uh man uh, and i might be wrong to produce a a uh a feature uh, a football movie. And so that's going to be uh, interesting in itself because I, br- I bring a unique perspective to football having played high school football uh, you know myself. And so I've always wanted to put my uh, experiences and so forth on, on the silver screens for people to uh, watch and, and, uh, and to enjoy.
1: Where do you get the people to act in your, in your films? Are these friends or you go to a, an acting studio? How do you get, go to an agent? How do you get these people?
5: Yeah, uh, there are various uh, commissions uh, here in the city, and all I do is go to their website and uh, I solicit for certain characters. And the, uh, some of the act- actresses, actors who acted in my last film, uh, I you know I've gone to them and asked them for their help in getting certain uh, uh, actors and actresses to fill these you know uh, roles in the movie, and so
1: and you're not uh, you are not having problems filling these these uh, positions because you're conservative. Are they saying well no I don't want to do a conservative movie or are they flocking to you?
5: Well, I don't know if the movie comes across as conservative if you're talking about Thunder Rush versus Join at the Heart. Uh, by it being a uh, Texas high school college football movie, people kind of tend to put uh, their uh, uh, ideologies aside when it comes to sports, which is a good thing, I think. But, no, uh, even with John at the Heart, when I uh, – Sat down in front of my uh, uh, potential uh, actors. I, I let them know what the movie was about, and and uh, you know none of the none of them had a problem with the movie being conservative. You know, which you know being conserv- conservative is a good thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so what is you, know, you said it's a football movie, but how did you set this up? You know. Did you film it around where you live, or did you go to a different location? What's the whole the whole thing about?
5: Yes, ma'am. We uh, filmed it in uh, the neighborhood that I grew up in, which uh, is called the, the uh, Third War, which is a low-income uh, uh, section of Houston. I also filmed it uh, uh, out near Galveston, uh, New Waverly. Uh, so it was filmed in various parts uh, uh, of of uh, the uh, outline area. Um, now, you want to know what the movie was about, or what was what, was what, 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 what my motivation
1: behind it? Well, first, of all, let, what's your motivation behind it?
5: Okay, uh, my motivation behind producing. Under rush was to first of all put out a good quality football movie that everybody can enjoy. Second of all, I wanted to put out uh, uh, family friendly content, uh, which is one reason I stopped going to movies because uh, what you see in the movie ads—just excuse my language—is just—it's just crap uh, as far as the, the morality side of it goes, and so I wanted to uh, produce a movie that all uh, family members could watch and enjoy, and the parents not to worry about covering up, you know, Johnny's or Le Susie's eyes when certain parts, uh, you know, uh, were played across the screen. Uh, so those are basically my two uh, motivations. At, at the same time, I'm a big football fan. Like I said, I played football in high school. And I, like I said, I just wanted to kind of put my personal experiences and so forth uh, on a big screen for everybody to watch and enjoy.
1: So what is the movie itself then? What is the plot of it?
5: Okay, the movie uh, centers around a young boy who's um, – who loves Earl Campbell. Earl Campbell is is his favorite football player in his seventies and the movie ends in 1990. And, uh, at a young, uh, uh, the, uh, young boy, his, his, his mom is a widow. She, she struggles financially, uh, to keep food on her table, shelter him and his sister's head. And he sees this, you know, he's, you know, he's very, uh, smart about what's happening you know, about his surroundings, And he, promise her at a young age, uh, that if he uh, makes it to the pros, he's gonna build her a big fine home just as uh, Earl Campbell did for his mom. And so uh he gets to high school, he breaks local and national Russian records. He gets a full ride to college. Uh in college he uh, meets his first love. Uh he falls in love and uh uh he uh uh, breaks. Uh, well, well, no, 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 no. Uh, his first uh, year in college, he doesn't play a lot, but they do make it to the uh, the uh, championship game. But before that, he suffers a great tragedy in the movie, and this great tragedy tests his will and the resolve as to whether he's going to keep his promise to uh, go to pros. And so the uh, championship game comes around. The uh, starting running back goes down, which is played by myself. And the team looks to him uh, to uh, pull out the win with the weight of the world on his shoulders.
1: Wow. Sounds fascinating. Yeah. You, you are right. we got so many movies coming out that are absolute crap. You know, the rampant sex, the foul language left and right. And it's very difficult to bring a youngster to these, these uh to the theater. You know, you, even when you turn your TV on, it's now there. Netflix, oh my goodness, I will not, not put that channel on. HBO, I do not have it on my directory. A lot of these channels I do not subscribe to because of the crap that's being put out there. And it, it's really heartwarming to see someone like you that wants to help promote good moral values. Our youth are, are growing up too fast the childhood we used to have where you could go running in the woods, go outside and play, you know, instead everyone's involved in their smart devices and they're sexting each other at the age of, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13. It's our children are growing up too fast in an immoral world.
5: Right. Right. Yeah. They're not getting a chance to uh, enjoy their innocence. I mean, as soon as they're, you know, going out to come out coming out the womb they are they they they're already being bombarded with sex this and sex that, homo this, homo that. And it's just crazy and it's, it's 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 very sad these uh young people are having to go through uh as opposed to uh what my generation and your generation went through when uh back then it you know, it was more of a time of innocence. So when you look at shows like different strokes, uh, the a team and uh b j and a bear you know those kind of shows that uh were innocent uh and 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 some of those shows like of has had testosterone uh, built into them that taught you how to how to be a man how to work with your hand, how to put things together how to build things but uh, those shows are a thing in the past Bonanza you know those i mean uh unfortunately. Today's generation, uh, unless they go to YouTube and then watch it, uh, they're not going to get it from the TV set because Hollywood doesn't care about peddling uh, good things uh, to kids uh, like that. They want to peddle uh, wicked and, and, and harmful things that when when a child is young and, and developing and in that stage of confusion, it seems like they want to, uh, you know, just, you know, they want to confusion and and, and and influence them to be a moral person versus being a moral person.
1: Yeah, someone posted a question up in the chat room, and I would like to have her call in, because I looked at what she posted on the movie, and I can't tell if it's a good movie or a bad movie. So, Kel, please call in, and you can ask Brother Ed about it directly. Um yeah, because I, I I don't know. She's asking you about a movie that's coming out in October called The Hate You Give. And the description I saw just basically said that this young girl sees her friend killed by a, at the hands of a police. Facing pressures from all sides of the community, she must find her voice and stand up for right. And the name of the movie is The Hate You Give. So I don't know if it's a, a movie of healing or a movie of hate. Um, mm. So Kelly, yeah, call in so we can know a little bit more about that. But we do we have these things where, um, at the hands of the community, you have record number of people being killed in Chicago, and it's black on black crime. And yet, if you have a one single police officer shoot someone in the line of duty, you know it's a huge uproar. But where is the demand for justice in some place like Chicago? Instead, the hatred is being turned towards those that are sworn to protect and serve you. Yet, you may end up with one or two bad apples. You know, it, it, it's a huge nation. Of course, you're going to have one or two bad, but that doesn't mean it represents everyone else that is out there wearing the uniform.
5: Well, you have to understand that uh, these uh, activists, liberal activists, progressive activists, they have an agenda. Their agenda is not the black community. They they, they, they care less how many uh, young black men get killed in Chicago. Uh, you know, uh, uh, all they care about is uh, uh, good Republican, bad Republican, racist, Demo- you know, you know, Democrats, the salt of the earth. And so uh, it's it's really sad in a way where, you know, like I said, they pretend to be the defenders of uh, the black community, if you will, but they're really not. You know, a lot of these groups they get money uh, funnel to them by way of different sources, government, what have you. Uh, so, at the end of the day, like the Bible teaches us, the love of money is the root of all evil. And so, uh, a lot of these groups are, uh, are motivated by money. They, you know, they could care less how how many black people get killed in Chicago or or anywhere
1: else. Well, we've got a fellow radio host, uh, Kel Fritzie. She's from Canada. So, Kel, go ahead, because I I know nothing about this movie. So go ahead and ask your question.
6: Oh, first of all, thank you for taking my call. Oh, uh, Brother Ed, it is an honor and a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you, sir, for uh, taking time out of your day to uh, speak with me. Yeah, I posted in the chat room. Um, there is a movie uh, that has been recently uh, released. It's called "The Hate You Give," and the uh, premise is that there is um, a young lady. Her name is Starr, and she witnesses a fatal shooting hmm. of one of her uh, childhood friends uh, named uh, Kelly. Uh, they're in their teens at this point, at the hands of a police officer. I watched the trailer. And I was uh, very, very disturbed by it. Um, this guy uh, uh, who was pulled over, he was taunting the police by reaching into his car. He, What he was doing was pulling out a comb to comb his hair, just, just taunting the, the uh, police. But the job of a police officer is so very, very difficult in the first place that when you have somebody pulled over and you are reaching back into your vehicle, that police officer has no idea what you're up to. And they have to use a threat of force. So, But this movie is centered around the injustices of uh, black people. And I fear for our uh, cohesiveness as a society in that we are further uh, dividing ourselves. This is why I... am so uh, grateful that we have uh, people like you, uh, Brother Ed, and that uh, you are trying to uh, close those gaps. But movies like this—they—they—they they, they really don't um,
5: right. accomplish
6: any purpose.
5: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, everybody's trying to, you know, you know, get their jab I uh, You know, you know, you know. It's it's sad. I mean, you know. Nobody never had to tell me whenever I got pulled over by a policeman to keep keep both hands on the steering wheel. That was just common sense to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I when uh, I I founded and ran a summer of these for young men aged ages 10 to 17 back in 2001, ran for about 11 years. And one thing that I always taught in my program to these young guys is that whenever you get pulled over, keep always mm-hmm. keep both hands on the steering wheel in plain view. Even before the police officer walks up to your car, make sure both hands on the steering wheel, and don't you move until he instructs you to move.
6: Yeah, and so, exactly, exactly. And, and and that goes for everybody. And everybody is pulled over for violations uh, left, right, and center. You might be missing a taillight, the ball uh, burnt out, and the police are just, you know, pulling you over to let you know, that sort of thing. Um, it is, but, oh, man, oh, I, I will tell you, my uh, um, my older brother uh, went down uh, to the United States, and he was in Texas, and he was pulled over. And uh, he said, one thing you don't want to do is hide your hands. As soon as you're pulled over by the highway patrol in the United States, you put your hands right on the steering wheel and say, yes, officer.
5: <laughs> uh, I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, these type of, like these type of movies they tend to divide us rather uh, unite us.
2: Yeah. And so
5: I mean, I'm hoping that Thunder Rush gets traction because it's these type of movies that uh do not tend to uh people don't tend don't tend to get excited about. So that's why I went the uh pathway of a sports uh based movie because I know sports yeah. transcends uh uh a, a, across all kinds of boundaries and ethnicities and so forth and and and, uh, and uh, economic lines and so if if I can use football as a tool to mm-hmm. uh, to, to 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 some way uh bring people together cause people to think of, about uh where we are as a culture and uh how we should treat each other and love one another and be grateful to the uh most high of uh, God, uh, then I'll be happy with, uh, you know, uh, this project. But uh, I understand I'm fighting an uphill battle against Hollywood and, yeah. uh, against what their, against what their agenda is. So I'm going to have to be, uh, as a, uh, writer and producer, I'm going to have to be as creative as I can within the boundaries to get this movie, the attention that it deserves and so I think thus far with, with, with the way the script was written the the quality of acting and the actors I think we got a pretty good shot I
6: think yeah, no. that this is a wonderful great endeavor and oh Annie thank you so much for bringing me on the air to speak with this fine gentleman I really appreciate it Annie
1: well, Cal, you stay on the line here because you ignored my uh, Skype messages. Because uh, oh, wait a minute, oh, oh, oh,
6: hang on, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll hang
1: on. We'll get we'll sort, uh, through that. Okay, great. Oh man, brother, Ed, you when Cal and I get together, oh boy, are you in trouble? <laughs> That's for sure. That's not oh, we never shut up, the two of us. <laughs>
6: Yeah.
1: Now, when do you expect to have this release? Because you said you've got another three uh, uh, three more weeks of filming to r- wind up. So how long is it going to take you to do all the editing and put it into full production?
5: Well, I'm glad you asked that question, Miss Annie. Our goal was to have this movie completed, uh, have the filming completed by June. Uh, we ran into some financial difficulties. So that put us behind So we're actually almost two months behind On getting the movie out So uh, we want to get the movie Finished within the next three weeks And uh, Like I said From there we're going to start doing the music And hopefully we can have everything Completed uh, within uh, The next two months And start getting into the film festival Because I know the film festival Is already uh, already accepting early uh, Film submissions so that's the very first step in, you know, in, 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 in my opinion, based on my experience with my first film, getting a movie out there and exposed is by where the film festivals.
1: Well, as a matter of fact, your last movie, Joined at the Heart, did win an award. Tell us about that, because that was the picture that I'm using on the video on the, uh, on the radio show, the podcast here. I okay. thought it was a really cool picture.
5: Well, thank you. Uh yeah, the, the 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 lady in the picture she plays my uh, ex wife in the movie and she she did a great job in acting, uh, Cynthia Ellis. Yeah, I mean, um uh, like I said, uh I had to do that movie. I mean, it was just something in my soul that I had to that, that I had to release. Otherwise it was just gonna eat it was just gonna keep eating me eating me up inside. I had to get my experiences out. The, uh, churches, working with uh, conservative groups, and my passion to protect traditional marriage. And um, like I said, uh, I mailed DVDs to Supreme U.S. Supreme Court Justice. I mailed letters and op-eds to the Supreme Court justices over the course of two years, and I think it has some type of effect, but look how they ruled in favor of Jack Phillips, and and, uh, Jack Phillips is a friend of mine. I actually went to Colorado, sat down with him and talked to him, and, you know, we talked every now and then on the telephone, because we know that his fight has just begun. These people are not going to let up. On Jack yeah. Phillips. He's, now that same-sex marriage has been legalized by way of the courts, <laughs> you know they they are going full throttle, and so this is going to be a long fight. I just decided to fight it another way because uh, going through the churches, black, white, Hispanic, uh, I just wasn't getting anywhere.
1: Yeah, you because know, people remember the story is he was the baker that refused to do the same-sex marriage wedding cake. And now yeah. he won that Supreme Court. Now they, they set him up big time. They they went directly after him. There was an individual who is a transgender and had the, their coming out party finally trained transformed into whatever he or she is now. And right. they asked him to make the cake for this coming out party, and he said, "No, it's against my religious beliefs." I you know, well, I can send you to another baker but I'm not going to make a cake, create, it is a creation. So again, Colorado has found him in violation of the law. And then now once again, they're going after him. This was a complete setup. They were doing anything and everything to destroy this man.
5: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. It's open season on Christians and people of faith who are not afraid to uh, put their, uh, uh, faith out there and express it, uh, other than uh inside the confines of a, of, a, of a church building you know you know they're using us as a target practice now and this is what I tried to warn the churches back about back in two thousand two thousand eight. 2008 I got so many youtube videos up uh on how you know I you know I I, I was just sounding the, the alarm I you know I predicted this was going to happen <laughs> and nobody listened to me and I'm serious and 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 uh like I said, I just had to find another avenue to get my message of love out, you know, in, 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 you know to the masses. And so uh, it, it's sad how our culture has turned on uh, people, you know, who are trying to live righteous lives, people who are trying to live the lives in such a way where God will be pleased with them. And, you know, it, you know, these people are delusional. They're confused. They're hateful. They're mean-spirited. Uh, and so, uh, you know, what can you do? I mean, uh, I, I, I know Brother Jack is a strong brother, but you know, uh, at some point, you know, you know, he, you know, you know, he's going to need some type of help, you know, for somebody to put, it, you know, their arms around him because there's only so much one man can take. And I promised Jack a while back that I was going to do all I can to defend him and, and and defend traditional marriage and the principles that God has set forth uh, in this world. But, you know, well, for, Ed, yeah. if you
1: want, give him my contact information. Have him contact me. We'll get him on the show here, and we'll spread that word. We'll spread that message out here. Because right now, my church is in its very fight for its life. You know, Here in the state of South Carolina, we had at one point back in the 1960s, joined up with the Episcopal Church. and So that oh. was one organization represented all the Anglican Episcopal Churches here in, the, in South Carolina. And right. somewhere along the way, Episcopal the Church has gone left, where we have stayed steadily in the same path, biblically in the same path, back to the right. And sure. now they want us to have a same-sex uh, marriage. They want uh, gay bishops, gay uh, members of the clergy, and are right. trying to force that onto us uh, uh, against all of our biblical beliefs. And so now right. it makes the Supreme Court said, no, we're not going to hear it. So it's come back down to the state of South Carolina. So we don't know week to week whether or not we're going to have a physical church to worship in. So from week right. to week, we're, we're just waiting for the shoe to drop. But because we're right. standing right. by our biblical pr- principles, 20 churches are in jeopardy of being destroyed within the state because of the left. And this is what you're fighting. This is what your movements right. are about. And it's not the love that that's being spread. matter of fact, the bishop that's heading this fight said physically, our church built in 1712, they would rather see it become a mosque rather than to be turned over into our hands. And right. this happened in another state. And the church said, well, listen, now you've got the property. Why don't you just turn around and then sell it to us? And they said, no, we're not going to sell it to you. At a bargain basement price, they sold it to a mosque. They turned that conservative uh, Anglican church into a mosque. And this is what we're fighting.
5: Right, right, right. I understand. I'm very familiar with the uh, Episcopalian uh, churches and, you know, their association with the uh, same sex marriage agenda. Believe me, I, I really am. So uh, my heart goes out to you and your congregation, and uh, I pray that y'all stay strong and, and stand firm in the word uh, because the Bible does teach us that all who live godly will suffer persecution. And so God is not sleepy still on, on the throne ruling, and he sees all and, and, and uh, he knows all. And so we cannot uh, grow weary in uh, our way of doing because we know uh, in the end God has to find a word And so this is where I live my life by. This is what encourages me. And um, and, um, just knowing what these uh, kids are having to go through, uh, that uh, inspires me even more to keep doing what I'm doing. Like I said, I'm not politically deep into it as I once was, but I have chosen another avenue, which is the entertainment avenue, to... uh, you know, get my message out. And I just wish that the the, the uh, pastors, I had more support of the pastors when uh, I was uh, working on doing at the heart. And uh, that was a big surprise to me being in the church all my life and being taught how to stand up for right, you know, in the face of wrong beckoning, fighting for righteousness in the face of wickedness. And when I started this movement of churches across the country, over, I personally contacted over a 1,000 churches by telephone um, uh, putting together this agenda 16 movement, uh, barely a response from any of these pastors, and that really hurt me. And so I just wish that there was something that I could do or say that would you know, wake these pastors up and get them to understand what's really going on and, and so forth. And so that's why, one reason I came out with the DVD. And hopefully uh, people will go to the website and uh, read about the movie, Join It to Heart, and buy it, you know, because, you know, if we're going to make a difference, we've got to do like the liberals and the progressives do and the Democrats do. we got to stick together. They stick together, you know.
1: Yeah, You but, also you also have on yeah. that website, you also have music. And I was listening to the sample music. I love it. So somehow or other, you're going to have to get me an autographed CD. (laughs) Because I did want to play some of the music on here on the show. When you come back, we will do some of the music. Uh, But for you, the big thing for you right now is funding. Uh, You stopped using these crowdfunding sources online. So you're telling people to go directly to your website, uh, thunderrushmovie.com, and send a check. You know, because right, these, right. these funding websites, they take a piece. They take a huge chunk. So if you're right. if someone sent you even as much little as ten dollars, they take a piece out of that. But if they send a check, you get one hundred percent for your movie.
5: Right, right. Yes, ma'am. Uh, I agree with you uh, wholeheartedly on that. And you know what? The old-fashioned way is still, you know, the the good way to get things done. You know, put it in the mail and 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 and, and send it off. Uh, I mean, it takes money to put a good quality film together. I'm not out here with uh, a cell phone shooting a movie. I have equipment. I got boom mics. I've got uh, audio recorders. I've got everything it takes to make a good quality uh, production. And then you have to pay your actors, uh, you have to pay for location. Uh, a lot of things come into play. And so, uh, if there are people out there who are, are, if there are fans out there of the movie who want to see, uh, more movies like this, uh, be produced, uh, uh, please, I invite you to, uh, take out your handbook, pocketbook, write out a check to uh Texas entertainment network. The, uh, the uh, address is on the website. Mail it out to us. Because, you know, this is my ministry, I believe. Uh, I don't know what what's going to happen after this movie comes out and uh, is not received. I, I might uh, go back to driving trucks. But you know what, Miss Annie? At least I can say that I gave it my all. I did uh, what I was passionate about doing. I, I, I laid everything on the line. Uh, you know, depleted my saving, uh, you know, for the cause of Christ. And uh, it may not be the result I wanted, but I know, uh, uh, you know, my work speaks for itself in, in terms of what God uh, uh, wanted me to do as his servant, you know, as his man Uh But on the other hand, we do want this move to be successful. And so uh, we want to get it out and finished on time. Other, and, and because if we don't, then we're, we're going to have to wait another year to uh, get the movie submitted. And based on my experience with the first movie project, that's uh, that's you know that's not a good deal, especially when you're independent and you don't have the uh, you know the uh, help of the big boys in Hollywood to uh, you know you know to prop you up. So. Being an independent filmmaker is is tough, and especially doing what I'm doing. So I'm asking people of faith, fans of uh, uh, sports, football, uh, you know, uh, lovers of the word, to uh, get on board with the Thunder Rush movie project and uh, help uh, fund uh, the latter part of, of this movie so that we can get it out on time. We can submit it to the film festivals, and we'll just let God
1: uh, do it what He wants to do with. That's a huge amen, brother Ed. Wow, yes. Cal, you got to get him up on your show. <laughs> I would absolutely love that.
6: Oh my 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 goodness, uh, you are just um, an amazing uh, gentleman. I cannot, uh, you know, say enough about uh, brother Ed Malone. You are. Um, uh, Definitely doing God's work, indeed. And I, I really do hope that this uh, movie uh, t- uh, takes off uh, big time. And uh, thank you so much for uh, once again taking my call and speaking with me.
5: Well, uh, Thank you for inviting me on the show and uh, having me to uh, come on and, and, and share my thoughts about different subjects in the movie and what have you. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's so much that we can talk about Uh I mean, you know, you know like I say, with me, you just don't know where to start. You just have to just just uh. start. Yep. <laughs> 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 well,
1: I, I, I see I see Tim Tapp is in the uh, chat room also. So, Tim, get a hold of Brother Ed. You know, let me know if you want him on your show. I'll, I'll give you his information because Tim has a good uh, audience also, and he'd be great for you to help get the word out about Thunder Rush, the movie coming out. And I'm going to update our – uh, podcast page adding in thunderrushmovie.com because I see I've got com, both of them up there so people can go to either link and, and find out more about the uh, Joined at the Heart movie and this up-and-coming Thunder Rush movie and make a donation because that's important. The important part is if we cannot physically be there to give you support at least we can send you something to help you to carry on For sure. and get this movie yeah. in time.
5: Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. And you mentioned something about the music. Now, um, we can also be supported by, by the purchase of the music online. Well, the only thing with that is I'm not going to get uh, that money until like two months down the line. So the best way to support us is to uh, open up your checkbook and write a check and send it out to us. But at the same time, we want to move uh, – be a uh, product, product that's online. So uh, this is my first uh, uh, music project, and um, uh, we, we definitely want to get the music out there as well because with this movie, of course, I'm going to be working on a second music project. And I don't know if you you guys are fans of classic rock of the 80s, but I sure am, and uh, that's the kind of music we're going to have in Thunder Rush, kind of going back to, to those days of... Um, Tom Cruise with uh, Top Gun. It's going to, you know, that's the type of feel that Thunder Rush is going to have. And so, uh, yeah, uh, we definitely want to uh, get the music going. And uh, if you can, uh, I will be uh, elated to have uh, some some of the music played on your show. I mean, as long as long as it fits with what your program is. So I can email you the MP3s, and we can go from there. Oh yeah. But, yeah.
1: Oh. Oh, please do. Please please send me as much as you can. Uh because we do have artists uh, come on the show. We've had actors, we've had novelists, we've had musicians, we've had bands, <laughs> we've had it all.
2: Right.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Oh man. Uh matter of fact, Scott Barrier was the last one and he's got patriotic patriotic and faith based uplifting music he's been on. Um Oh good lord! I, I can't. I can't remember half the people I've had on because this is now eight years running the show. We're going into our ninth, so man, it's it's been a long ride. But uh, I, I'm glad that uh, we were able to have you on. And uh, the closer you get to uh, the post production part, uh, we'll have you back on again. Another uh, fundraising promotion. I would love the opportunity, Ms. Ann. Oh, it is. It is absolutely my pleasure, and uh, definitely. Uh, let me know. Now, some of these artists that you have, where do you get the artists from to do the music on your CDs?
5: Uh, one of the uh, artists is actually the one who sings uh, pretty much on every track. She acted in my first movie, and she also uh, sang a song in my first. Actually, she sung two songs in Join at the Heart. So she's like the uh, featured uh, singer on the CD the uh, the pianist is Miss Viola Baker. I'm I'm sorry, Lolita Oliver is the uh feature singer. Uh, Miss Viola Baker is the pianist on the uh on the C D and she played my mother in at the heart. And so um uh I got both of them by way of doing acting for me. And uh I wrote one of the songs on the D V D uh so uh you might find that song pretty interesting. And like I said, uh I got your email address. I'm gonna email you uh all the tracks and whichever tracks you think is appropriate or appropriate, uh yeah, please just uh it on your website or you know, on your program.
1: Fantastic, fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. Brother Ed, people can find you at ThunderRushMovie.com dot com or Texas Network dot com. We'll be talking, brother Ed.
5: Okay, I appreciate you if any.
1: Thank you. All right. Cal, thank you for uh, joining with us. Uh, and I'm sorry Absolutely. your Skype account crashed because I'm going, I know she always gets back to me right away. So that's that explains a lot. <laughs> I don't know what
6: is going on. You know, if, if uh, Brother Ed was uh, my Skype contact and uh, I wasn't getting his messages, I would feel so embarrassed in that people thinking I'm ignoring <laughs> them. It's just I can't get into
1: it. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, well, we'll be back here, Cal, and hopefully Curtis will be with us. He had some minor surgery, minor procedure, and I'll call his wife later on. I don't want to disturb him because you know how you get all those drugs in you and all you want to do is just sleep. Um, Oh, he starts to sound like me. (laughs) We'll be back here uh, uh, Tuesday, uh, Buddy Goodard uh, is a friend of uh, Curtis's down in Putnam County. He's with the County Board of Commissioners. He'll join us for the first half. Then we're going to have Farley, uh, Michelle uh, uh, Farley. She is endorsed candidate Sorry, for the US I, I, Senate. Sorry, I've got from the keyboard law.
6: cat. Sorry, Annie, I'm interrupting you. Get off. <laughs> the keyboard cat is back.
1: Oh, man. Uh, she's challenging Democratic Senator Christian Gillibrand uh, for. New York up there Uh, She'll be with us And then we're going to close out the show With a a novelist out there, Travis Smith He wrote a book about superhero ethics And he takes out uh, eight superheroes And shows why their morals and their ethics Are what we should be emulating. So it's going to be interesting uh, Comparing ourselves to Superman (laughs) And I'm going to miss
6: that show Because I'll be on an airplane While you're uh, taping your show live
1: there oh. oh' We'll miss you, and right now I got just knocked out of the chat. Oh, man, I can't <laughs> believe <laughs> I just sure knocked that. out of my own chat room. was one of those days today. I, I wasn't able to do the video up on YouTube or Facebook because that program crashed, so believe it or not, Curtis cannot leave the show because when he does, my oh, bad oh, luck comes in. Been...
6: Annie, I don't know what the hell is going on out there, but... Uh... The internet has been driving me crazy all afternoon.
1: Oh, man. Oh well. Anyway, uh, that's all the show we have for today. So, Kell, thank you. You travel safe. You take care, and you know, I let will, that sweetie. arm Don't. don't oh, to do oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
6: Uh, just to let people know that I'm kind of like uh, half blind, <laughs> and I was listening to a tap into the truth, and I I got up to uh, fetch um, a new uh, water bottle, and my leg gave out, and I grasped it onto something, (laughs) you know, how you automatically do that. I thought for sure I had broken my arm. I thought there was a bone sticking out. No, it just turned out to be a flap of skin. But my arm hurt like you wouldn't believe Annie. I thought for sure I had broken it. But no, went to the hospital, got a few stitches I put in it, and I'm fine. I'm
1: fine. And it's All not right, numb anymore. Kel.
6: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Twinkle toes. Twinkle toes. Yeah. Well,
2: yeah.
1: well, travel safe, Kel, and uh, send me a I Skype will. message every now and then. to let me know how you're doing. So I'm going to close out with our closing song, When the Roll is Called Up Yonder. So I say good night, God bless, and have a safe and happy weekend.